episode 1083 and it's the relevant podcast here in orlando i'm your host cameron strang and joining me from loverland virginia it's jesse carey hello hello from nashville tennessee artist producer mogul Derek minor what's happening and just down the road there in nashville our very own downtown emily brown hey y'all hey uh it's summer it is blockbuster season that's right i oh it's summer it's summer for sure i have been what are you talking about heat Yes. I don't know if you know if you live in Nashville, you know it's summer. Like there is no doubt about yeah. if did it's summer see, or not. Hey, we reported this, but did you see that July fourth was the hottest day in recorded history on Earth? Mm-hmm. Like last week. Hey. Actually today or now it's hotter. Yesterday. Yesterday sorry. was hotter. Okay, yesterday, yesterday was we recording. It's, it's 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 so it's getting it's getting hotter. Like we're breaking records. We're going yeah. parabolic with the heat. I it's had crazy. my HVAC system broke, and I had two Ooh. days of a straight-up fever dream in my house. Like I almost slept <laughs> outside, guys. It was it was literally hotter in my house than it was yeah. sleeping on the back porch. And I had the the two sweatiest, ter- most terrible nights of sleep I've ever had. Those two nights, there was just no way to cool yourself. I, yeah. I literally did the Homer Simpson thing and sat in front of an open refrigerator for a period of time. <laughs> one, I, I went and start. I sat in my car with the AC on just yeah. to cool, get my core down. It, yeah. It's 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 that hot out here, people. Look, this this is the Super Bowl for HVAC guys. They like their whole year like salary. They like yeah, and power companies. Who's gonna win, Florida HVAC guys versus Texas HVAC guys? Who's gonna make the most money? I got the Tom Brady HVAC guys coming out this week, and he's uh you know should get us hooked right up. Hey, but speaking, okay, I do want to talk about. About uh, blockbuster season, Cameron. But I was talking, I was chatting with people the other day. This is a piece of trivia that I'm 90% certain is true. But I was in conversation. Do you know why the movie industry, how it first got its start? Because of the invention of the air conditioning. They were uh, people invented the air conditioning before this was a thing, and they wanted to figure out how they could get people to come pay to sit in a room and just experience it on a hot summer day in urban areas. Hmm. So they started showing kind of like newsreels and stuff, and eventually uh, 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 it was because they had these big air-conditioned rooms that they started financing movies just to have something for people to do where they go sit in this room just to experience the advent of air conditioning. Speaking of which, though, Makes sense. Speaking of which, it's a good way to get beat the heat to go watch a movie. Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. Mission Impossible Three, yeah. Barbie movie. Okay, Mission Impossible Three. Why are you picking that over like Indiana Jones? Hey, I mean, I've like, actually heard Impossible- like there's a lot of reviews that are saying it's supposed to be like really, really good. Yeah, y'all gotta yeah. chill. Mission Impossible is a classic franchise. Thank it's, you. It's Thank Mission you. Impossible. Is it? That's that. That is that is America's James Bond. Oh, that's a bold statement, dear. Cameron, we saw the trailer. We saw the trailer together. I looked over at you and I said, "That it does look awesome." Did, I, do you not remember? Yeah, you I, and I were in a movie theater. Yeah, what two weeks ago? Yeah, I remember. And I looked over at you and I said, "It does look pretty." Cool. I didn't. He see, jumps off a cliff. I didn't see you look over at me because I was rolling my eyes so hard at the trailer. So I, it's not my thing. That's <laughs> just right. not my thing. Let, Derek, and, and let's let's Rip, let's baby. address this and let's make this 
for certain uh-huh. that Mission Impossible is America's James Bond. <laughs> the similarities and the overlap, like, I mean, you have James Bond. He's smooth and cool. You had the Mission Impossible, smooth and cool. You got um, gadgets on both sides. You have the uh, the he worked. You got MI six, and then you had the same plot line in every movie. Well, it's the same plot line in every James Bond movie. We all, I literally, I was just going to watch because uh, I was looking for a sound system for the living room, and I was going to, uh, and they wanted to play the scene so I could hear the atmos of a James Bond movie. And the guy literally says this. He says, "Yeah, this is the part where the girl turns on him. You know, it happens in every James Bond movie. Like we know that he's going to have a pretty girl, and a pretty girl's going to turn on him." And that 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 is hey, you James know what, Bond's only That's just weakness. real life. That's just real life, isn't it? You, you so get I'm a pretty girl, she's going to turn on you at some point. But I'm going to I'm going to turn it back to Mission Impossible. Okay, <laughs> it's going to be. I feel like Cameron the same criticism that you would have for Mission Impossible, yeah. which is it's it's a plotless visual spectacle, hard stop. Right? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. You could say the exact same thing about uh, uh, last summer's Top Gun. And guess what? Mm-hmm. It Thanks. was it was it was awesome and fun. And it's going to be the same thing because Tom Cruise knows his lane now. He, yeah. He's not he's not out here trying to do uh, rom coms. He's not doing dramas. The, the days of Magnolia, Vanilla Sky, and you know uh, all that stuff they're done. It is. Let's just see how many butts we can get in the seat <laughs> for me flying fighter jets and jumping motorcycles off cliffs. He is Hard blowing stop. stuff up. He's like which. Gives me another reason why this is America's James Bond, because the the explosions are very America. You know what I'm saying? Like that's if there's a difference, James Bond, there's gonna be explosions, but there's gonna be a little more tactical stuff. Look, like Mission Impossible ain't doing none of that. Blow blow that building up, blow that building up, and blow that up, and make sure the explosions happen every 20 minutes. That's what it is. It's America. But like, isn't that what Fast and Furious is now? I mean, just like. Jumping cars into space and blowing up buildings and stuff. Yeah, but it's a lot of them. You know, Mission Impossible is focused on the one guy. And Mm. it's a different level of visual. It it Mm. is. It is. It's And there's like a level of surrealism there. It's a Yeah, they're just better made. They're more well made. (laughs) You know what I mean? You said the Fast and Furious are more well made than Mission Impossible? No, no, no. Opposite. Opposite. Okay, okay. I was going to say, whoa, hold up. Whoa, whoa, whoa there now. Yeah. I mean, I ain't mad at Fast and Furious, man. Fast cars and explosions and all of that. I'm kind of interested to see this Oppenheimer, though. I think I I really want to see that. Christopher Nolan hasn't hasn't threw up a brick yet. Like, so. Can we just around the table, rank them one, two, three, which ones you're going to see? I'm going Oppenheimer, Mission Impossible, Barbie. Yeah, Bar- Barbie's, it's the lowest thing on my list. Like, I'm not going to lie. The marketing is great, though. I love the marketing, but. I'll go uh, Oppenheimer, Barbie, and I will not be seeing Mission Impossible 3. So I'm definitely not going to see Barbie. To no oh, one's surprise, Barbie is my number one movie of the year already. And then <laughs> um, Oppenheimer, then <laughs> Mission Impossible. <laughs> I don't even need to see Barbie. Fair like enough. I just know it's going to be my favorite movie of the year. And I'm the person to say that on this on this podcast. And that makes sense for me to say. I would be pleasantly shocked if any of you said that you know Barbie's going to change your life it's like gonna it's going to change mine. I just don't think middle-aged any- black men are <laughs> their target market. So I'm not I'm not even mad for not going to see it. I'm like, I don't think when the marketing department was like, all right, we gotta think about who <laughs> How do we, we get, get black involved. dads in the seats. We gotta get yeah. middle-aged black dads in the seats. Like they know. Ryan Gosling, 
two words. <laughs> they know yeah. I ain't coming. They knew I wasn't coming. They ain't even, you know, they knew I ain't coming. What's That's a former male mouseketeer we could put in this film? We got it. Ryan Gosling. Get Ryan Gosling. Get those butts in the seats. Get all the black dads. He's going to be so good. I'm so yeah. excited. Um, all right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Deb Falada. Uh, she's a longtime friend of the show and our site. She's written for us over the years. She's a professional counselor and also a relationship expert. Um, you might have noticed in the last few days that the Jonah Hill uh, boundaries and relationship conversation kind of hit, went viral. So we wanted to talk to her about relationships and boundaries and the right way to go about all that stuff. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, we also have a game at the end of the show called The Hottest Game on Earth. It might be tied into something we just talked about. And uh, stay tuned right now. Up next, it's Slices. Listening to Hannah Cole. The song is Big Bite. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. All right, it's time for... Slices! What do you have, Jesse? All right, so there was recently an online survey, uh, or a survey that was from an online casino, which is an interesting uh, uh, person to be doing a uh, survey. Yeah, either way. It was to find out wait, which wait, wait, wait. generation... There's online casinos? What is that? Well, it's, I mean, there's like sports books, but now there are ones that you can go on and like play, you know, poker and table games and stuff. I would never trust that. I mean, like you can hack. I think that's a wise decision. You know what I mean? Like, I think if you're playing online casino, you're in a you're in a rough spot in life. Yeah, for real. Yeah, the last online poker boom didn't end so well. Yeah, exactly. Because it got exploited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, either way, they did a survey to find out which generation has the most self-professed liars when it comes to mm-hmm. particularly their resumes and things they post online. Um, out of Gen Z, Gen X, boomers, and millennials, which ones do you think are, are have the most self-professed frequent liars when it comes to resumes? and things they post online. I'm going boomers because I've been watching Secession. So <laughs> I'm going boomers. I, I'm, I'm, but, but I think the <clears throat> younger generations with social media are so image conscious that they have to like pr- show a perfect life or perfect whatever. Those are all little lies. I, I, I feel like it's got to be Z or millennials. 
See, with the Gen Z, though, I, sometimes I feel like they're like painfully too honest to the point where yes. I... Oh, as too a, honest. Like, gotcha. Okay. As, a, okay, as an okay. older person, I want to comment and be like, hey, maybe let's not post this online. Boom, like, maybe boomers. we need to take this but, but, but Gen Z then would be... What I'm seeing about Gen Z is so much of them, it's a pendulum swing from millennials. So they saw millennials model something and then Gen Z went the other direction. And so then if they're ultra, if you're saying Gen Z is ultra honest, they must be millennials that are the biggest liars. Mm. I don't know. What do you think, Jesse? What is what, it? What, what do the facts say? Cameron, you are correct. There it, it is. is. It is. It is millennials. Um, and I think it's because boomers... Okay. They don't. They don't realize that they're they're not telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> they're just such good liars. <laughs> I think they, they, they said it delusional. No, he said yeah, it delusional. I think it's, I think it's they, they actually believe delusion. what they're saying is true. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is self-professed. Uh, uh, yeah, it it is it is it is definitely millennials. That's um, great. And, and I've seen some speculation about the outcomes of this survey. And partly, uh, some people have chalked it up to sort of the, the, the fake it till you make it mentality mm-hmm. that has been mirrored in, you know, especially in like the VC era, where, you know, a lot of millennials kind of uh, uh, grew up under the, the idea that they could launch a company. And if the idea of that company if the perceived value was there, then the actual value would one day be there. You see this yeah. not just with instance, you know, any tech company or you know uh, any crypto company, right? Which was their whole thing is right. is is an inflated perception of value. You also saw it with companies like Vice. I mean, Shane Smith was pretty shameless about that. I mean, he would have well, he's you know, Gen X, FYI, but. Well, well, but but either way, I think I think people as, uh, 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 like associate that as a, like a millennial brand. Yeah, like, sure, you sure, know sure. what I mean. Yeah, um, at least an aspirational, you know, from from an aspirational aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that was sort of the um, the you know what I've seen a lot of speculation is a lot of millennials just saw that as sort of well that's that's how you operate like mm-hmm. almost like not too far from like manifesting or kind of speaking something into existence, but slipping into straight up dishonesty of, of telling someone you're worth more or um, uh, have achieved things you haven't achieved, even if you believe you're capable of being worth that or to achieve that. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned the resumes. Cause I feel like when I talk about with my friends, like when they're applying for jobs, you know, we call it like stretching the truth, um, but it is like we are essentially lying what did, on resumes. What did you stretch? What did you stretch on your Absolutely resume? Absolutely nothing. I was incredibly mm. honest mm. in mm-hmm. my resume. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> other, I'm talking mm. about other millennials, not mm. me. Oh, oh, other, Anyways, other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the one exception. Other. My um, other friends did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But but you know, it's like there's so many jobs that you know they want. You know, five years of experience. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I remember when I was graduating college, it's like, I literally have no years of experience here. But how do I make it sound like I have that experience you're looking for? To Because it's like, I, in my mind, it's like, if I can just get the interview, I can convince you that I'm, you know, I'm worthy of this job. Kind of like you were saying, Jesse. This is your conscious speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I got the job. So apparently, whatever I did worked. <laughs> <laughs> and, look, and, and, and we and we happy you got here too yeah we're so happy, you're welcome you're for stretching mm-hmm. the truth a little bit um you know again i was 100 percent. i'm gonna dust that honest. thing off and look at it and go line by line with you and ask what the exaggerations I'll, I'll are a, i'm almost positive i probably yeah. stepped about something 
yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you sure. get the resume that's like two years marketing experience. What were you marketing? And my services as a babysitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, interesting. And technically, yeah. So millennials are a bunch of liars. Yeah, great, wonderful. Well, you know what's interesting too is like they had to admit that they were lying. Yeah. I am very curious if people were even honest with that. You know, like. I feel like there's right. maybe things that yeah. we say throughout the day that right. it's like flawed methodology. Yeah, like, right. Exactly. exactly. Am I going to admit like, yeah, I lied today about something. Well, one, was I even aware that I was lying about something, you know, like, right. And am I going to be, cause then, you know, obviously lying, we all agree, not a good thing to do. So it's like, am I going to admit that I do what? this bad thing? Depends on the context. But I think Derek, you're onto something, honestly, that like boomers are so used to lying. They don't even realize they're lying anymore and they didn't admit it, you know? Like, hey, uh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Secession, like I know I'm late to the party, but y'all know how I like to watch stuff. I like to yeah, watch whole it series is when done. it's completed so I can get through it. I just, they should just rename it to dysfunction, but I'm watching the guy and I'm thinking to myself like, you're right. I don't even, I don't think this guy even knows he's lying. Yeah. I don't think he's like has a master plan. I had a master plan. Now I'm just on season one, but it's like, this dude lies so much. I don't even think he remembers the lies. Like he's just like promised this person a million dollar bonus or you promised him he's going to take over the company. And then you just like, whatever. So, but, but I, I think I like business it. tycoons are different than normal boomers. True. True, you know, true, true. I mean, there's Wall Street guys and moguls that, mm -hmm. you know, have to lie, mm -hmm. cheat and steal, look at former presidents, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but Jesse, I think you're right. The fake it to make it era, like the yeah. dot com mm -hmm. boom and, and that became ingrained mm -hmm. in millennials of this like. It, yeah, yeah, because I think a lot of them see like, well, it's not lying if it eventually becomes right, true. Right, right. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, or if I'm capable the, of it. If right, I'm capable yeah. of it, it's just yeah. not realized yet. Yeah. Right. Feeling attacked right now, guys. Are you Z? No, wait, you're one year into millennial, right? We talk about this all the time. I'm like right, yeah, I'm like right on the edge. I'm like the youngest millennial. So I say is a lineal because I am like both technically. Yeah, gotcha. All right, what do you have, Emily? Um, You know, we were talking about Barbie earlier and obviously I have a lot of high hopes for it. But what I don't have high hopes for is the fact that Mattel, who owns Barbie, is also coming out with 45 other projects about... These oh like boy. nostalgic childhood toys. Mm. Um, there was a uh, movie, movie projects. Yeah. Uh -huh. Movie projects um, for a bunch of different ones. You know, they haven't all been named yet, but there was a profile in the New Yorker earlier this week that talked about how Mattel invited all these different directors and storytellers to come to their offices and talk about what products they can make into these like entertainment franchises. So obviously Barbie is one of them. The bar, there's a Barney movie that will come out soon. Right. He Man, Polly Pocket, Magic Eight Ball, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Magic Uno. Eight Ball. How is that right. a movie? That's my question. No, that is could like, be a cool. That could be a cool movie. That could be a cool yeah. movie. Okay, give that me the, really cool. the Magic Eight Ball. What's the plot yeah. for the Magic Eight Ball movie? An actual Magic Eight Ball. Okay. Yeah. It's actually magic, <laughs> and it takes you and something like happens. Jumanji. A person, like Jumanji, a person, or like or like Click. Like remember the movie Click yeah, with the yeah, exactly. remote control. Like it's like yeah. it's something in real life that you think is nothing. Like out of all of those, it's a I'm fantastic like, plot device. I agree, Derek. Yeah, that could be a great plot device where this is actually a, a eight ball. Then a person realizes again at the end of the movie that they had everything they needed. The eight ball wasn't really, you know what I mean? Well, One of those wow. feel good or they, or they abuse, movies, right? Yeah, or, you know what I'm yeah, like they can ask it and it'll like set them up for fame and fortune, but they realize it'll just leave them empty because they're kind of hacking. This. I, I think that one, again, 
I wouldn't be shocked if Adam Sandler was right or the or the eight ball actually tells the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ooh, that's what I'm saying. The actual that, that, truth. That, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. and, and it's or like it maybe like you don't want to know the truth. Zoltar from Big or whatever, where there's like yeah. fortune telling yeah. and magic yeah. involved. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I see. Uh, I see that one. I don't know about Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah, that's gonna be like Transformers. That's gonna be like Transformers. It's gonna be Transformers like. There's a rumored Uno movie, like the card game Uno. If it's not all black people in it, I'm not watching. I'm just letting you know right now. That's the thing. It's like all these products. I'm like, what is the movie that? Like, what could you possibly do? Their products to see what they're gonna butcher. Yeah, they haven't listed all of them. These are just the ones that have been apparently been in discussion. How is that a movie? But it's okay, a card it, game. The only thing I can think of would be, you know, earlier this year that Tetris movie came out and Cameron and I, you and I talked about it because I thought it was going to be like somehow the actual game Tetris was a part of the movie. It was about she like was, the origin story of Tetris. I, yeah, I had seen yeah. like the trailer for it. It was like an indie film about the guys who <laughs> made Tetris in the 80s and all this stuff. And it looked really good. You know, it's like one of those indie documentary type style type movies. And she was like, just incredulous one day we were talking at work and she was just like there's this stupid tetris movie coming out how lame is that i'm not gonna go watch some cartoon about tetris and i was like what it's a totally different type of okay. movie anyway okay guys yeah i'm looking at some of these movies that are coming out who is major matt mason i've never heard of this toy never in heard my life it. oh i think that, it's that, like a it's like a character in part of some other like toys universe or something like that maybe something like that it's a major in gi joe isn't that Tom well, Hanks or something? They're trying to get something? Robert Zemeckis to direct the film. It's got to be a GI Joe spinoff. Tom Hanks yeah. is a part of the film. Yeah, this is pretty big. Yes, the Magic Eight like, Ball. There are these big American projects, Girl. but I'm like, what is so the everybody's plot of these movies? tired? Everybody's tired of Marvel and comic books. So now yeah. it's going to be the era of childhood of toys, toys of toys turning into movies. They got Thomas the Train. That's going. That's going to run it up. <laughs> Thomas the Train is about to run it. Finally, <laughs> I want to see Thomas the Train, but in the style of Fast and Furious, where it's like gritty no. and it's like trains and no, no. You what, just want to. What are you going to watch a Thomas yeah, movie what, about? What you, what's your? I'm gonna watch it because there. my kids made me watch it for five years straight. Like, <laughs> just I'm just gonna we're just gonna watch. You're it gonna just watch that, but not the Barbie movie. For, for old, I don't. I have boys. Oh, I forget yeah. you have so daughters. We, okay. Yeah, if I had, if not, now here's the thing. If I had a daughter, for sure, I'm there. But yeah. I just th that Barbies. There's not been a Barbie come into our home. Like we just don't have an attachment to Barbies. You know what I'm saying? But my wife may go see it. I could definitely see her going to see it. She and, and I will go see it together. Might mean I might have to go see it. Shoot. Yep. Date night. Oh, You're man. seeing Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're in, man. Dang, I just had a realization wait. right on, on air. <laughs> I'm going to text her. Hey, great idea for a date night. Derek mm. said he wants to go see Barbie. Don't lie. Yeah. Don't lie. We just talked about lying. And I'm a millennial. I lie. <laughs> we were yeah. talking about the Barney one a few days ago, Emily. What What's the plot line of Barney? Because the thing that we saw was like a write-up about how the movie is going to like be all about millennial angst. And like, it's yeah. going to be like gritty, a gritty Barney movie. It. Yeah. I don't get, I don't it. get it. Um, one of the Mattel executives, um, he was talking about the Barney movie and he was really excited. And he said, uh, quote, we're leaning into the millennial angst of the property rather than fine tuning this for kids. It's really for adults. Not that it's R rated, but it'll focus on some of the trials and tribulations of being 30 something growing up with Barney, just the level of disenchantment within the generation. 
I'm nervous. The, I'll finally, say the it. movie like, we've all been asking for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, said Bar- you said Barney about to be on Barney about to be on opioids. Is that what you're saying? Just, just imagine, guess, just imagine Barney. Like, say, wait, Barney gonna be on antidepressants. <laughs> <laughs> like is that? Hey, that's Bar- what look, the Barney movie got is? a job. He's an ex-child star. Barney got a job. That boy is working in a. Uh, He's working in a cubicle. A cubicle. He hates it. <laughs> No. <laughs> this girl just cheated on him. He tried to figure out how to use yeah. the internet. His student loan debt. <laughs> right, his student loan debt is through the ceiling. He can't buy a house. <laughs> he, he's a he's a religious nomad. Like he doesn't even know where he belongs in right. religion at all or 100%. politics. He feels well, he left, left behind. Oh, I, yeah, he's fully I would, deconstructed. I would love if that was the plot of the film, and it's like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like his best friend, and they just never acknowledge that he's a big purple <laughs> a dinosaur. <guy>. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like he's working Yo, he, a, a gig job at a theme, you know, low, low rent theme park or whatever with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for yeah. sure, man. Like it. I like it. Let's go. Let's do it. It reminds me of the movie Ted. I can't. I just <laughs> so, can't believe. I knew you were just saying it as context because of the Barney quote, but like, I cannot believe that there's 45 Mattel movies in motion. That's insane. Yeah. That's I'm nervous. Lunacy. Good for them, man. Good no, it's them. not. It's not good for them. Are you, are you kidding me? It's going to come out and like. They're going to lose some money. They're going to sell so many more toys. Are you kidding? You think so? I mean, yeah. Look at what Barbie's done. Like the amount of like marketing they've done for it. Like, Mattel is making bank right now. Yeah, it better be good. good. These movies better. But here's the thing: they it 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 decreases over time if you're not back to back. Like the thing with Marvel, I think that made Marvel great is that they just the movies kept getting better. Mm. So if these if these, but it can go the opposite direction too. That Barbie can be really really good, and then it goes. And then you're just wasting a lot of money on and stuff that you're not really good at. A depressed Barney doesn't yeah quite yeah. deliver yeah. Yeah, I don't know about making angsty Barney, bro. Like I'm, I ain't gonna hold you. Like, yeah, this seems like a little Barney. bit of a misfire to me. Yeah, for sure. Like you're already stretching with the Barney movie, but one that's you also get to leave super depressed. <laughs> Fam, I don't even remember what Barney was about. All I remember is the song. It, they played. And I remember him played playing games. with kids, yeah. and that's it. I don't. I don't. That's so I'm like. I don't know where the plot. Like where I don't even know Barney's oh, backstory. How did he become maybe, a purple dinosaur? Maybe it gets dark because. Something goes sideways with the kids, you know what I'm saying? Like, Wait, what if it's his origin story and it's like he's the only dinosaur that survives the meteor? Yeah, and kind like of the all my friends are dead type of situation. What if they don't make the movie? What if they just don't make it? That'd be great. I think it's been in That'd development be awesome. for a while. <laughs> all right. Okay, what do you have, Derek? Uh, Christian nationalists are more prone to believing conspiracy theories. According to a study, that said that uh they they took and grabbed a couple conspiracy theories like the 9-11 attacks global warming or jfk's assassination well these are not conspiracy theories like actual facts and they threw some stuff in there that was fake and they found that christian nationalists were more or christian nationalists and biblical uh people that believe everything in the bible is literal okay those people are more prone to uh, believe in these conspiracy theories. So they put all this stuff and said, hey, what do you think about uh, the JFK get assassinated or not? And they found that Christian nationalists and biblical literists, literists or whatever you want to call that, are more prone to believing that uh, JFK is coming back and is going to run next to Trump in, uh, in Dallas, wow. Texas. Yeah, I, th- I think there's probably a lot to unpack here, but I think it's it has less to do with... Um, 
you know, like sort of a fundamentalist approach or literalist approach to faith and more to some of the high profile leaders that have oh. um, been mm -hmm. the main sort of voices in that community for a long time. Mm -hmm. I think, I think this is more of a top down type of situation. I think it's, I don't think the, I think the correlation is less. <clears throat> I think this, this is more of a correlative effect than right. maybe one that is, uh, you know, there's some sort of degree of cause causality between them. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like they're correlated based on, Influential people who've been influential in that world mm. have seemed to uh, attach themselves to, um, you know, some some kind of wilder beliefs and conspiracies in sort of the, the last, you know, uh, I don't know, five, six years. And as a result, because in, in a lot of people in that community have such of an unwavering commitment to uh, uh, listening to those influential voices that they listen mm -hmm. to everything they say, not because they are, they do take a lot of things very literally and, and, you know, and respect people, quote unquote, in authority. Right. And if those people in authority start perpetuating things that aren't true or, or at least are highly skeptical of what is the conventional truth, they're also going to be that that's just if I were to make an assumption of why that's true, it's that's that's probably it. I've seen know? I've seen people making fun of this study in the sense of like, oh gee, you're telling me people who believe a mythical figure in the sky is directing everything and created everything, they're prone to believe that something unseen is the real truth. It like, right. but to me, the specifics of this study is that it's Christian nationalists and Bible literalists, not. Christians. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a sliver of Christians who are right. like with the point you're making, Jesse, more prone to be in certain political circles and yeah, have exactly. certain leaders. It's not all Christians. It's a right. sliver of Christians. And I think that's an interesting distinction that the non-Christians who are kind of making fun of this survey are kind of missing. They're, they're, they're putting all people who believe in God under yeah. this fantasy umbrella. And that's ridiculous. That's not what this study is saying. And, and I don't think there's a direct link between, you know, believing the Bible literally and a perpetual and, and believing in know, lizard people are running the government. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's more a lot of influential Scrolls. voices who have, who have long been, um, you know, prominent yeah. figures in, yeah. that community, in that community, I've also started doing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. don't think the, the correct, I think there's a degree of separation in, in terms of how these two things are related. That, yeah. that would be my interpretation as someone who grew up with a pretty close adjacency to, in this community, to this community. Yeah. I think the problem is the problem is this, just because your pastor is very smart at preaching, doesn't mean he's smart at everything. What? So we shouldn't be asking our pastor for advice on everything because he's one man or she's one woman. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's the issue. When we require pastors to have answers for everything, then it starts getting a little squirrely. Like sure. it just does. It just gets a little squirrely. It's like, I don't, I don't really necessarily care what my pastor thinks about 9-11. I'm going to actually go to the experts who spent their whole life studying this. Or global warming now, or whatever. Yeah, global yeah. warming, because when we yeah. talk about the Bible, like I go to the pastor because guess what? He spent most of his life studying the Bible. But when we talk about global warming, I'm going to go talk to, to the scientists right. who study global warming 
Mm-hmm. And and I think that I'm going to now. Here's the thing: I'm not going to say when I wholeheartedly believe them. But I'm just say I might weigh my pastor's opinion a little mm-hmm. bit lower than the scientist's opinion on global warming. I think that's the thing. But we think a lot of times Christians just give the pastor. Just, we want a king, man. I don't yeah. even know if it's Christians. I think it's humans in general. Just like the idea that the president can fix the roads in your neighborhood. It's like. That's your local and, and state government. That has nothing to do with your president, yeah. you know. But we want a king. We want him to just wave his magic wand and fix everything. So, yep. yep. There you go. All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Uh, all of those stories are over at RelevantMagazine.com. You can go check them out and make sure to bookmark Relevant and check it out every weekday for the latest happening at uh, faith, culture, and everything in between. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, Deb Faleda joins us. Listening to Wild Saul Lee praise Labangu and Ben Hayden song is hidden from sight. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives, our beautifully designed digital issue, and a little more. Uh, check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Where our guest today is Deb Faleda. She's a licensed professional counselor, relationship expert, and author of the recently released book, Reset. Uh, Emily talked to her about the importance of boundaries in all areas of our lives and how to establish successful boundaries in our relationships with other people. Here's our conversation with Deb Faleda. This idea of boundaries has become a little bit more popular or people are aware of it. But when it comes to what actually is a boundary, how do we set it up? I think a lot of people are still figuring that out. So I'm really glad that we're able to talk about this right now. Um, I think a good place to start is really very simply what are boundaries and why do we need them? So the thing about boundaries is I really believe that a lot of people have it backwards. Sometimes people think that boundaries are the thing that we tell people to stop doing. You know, I want you to do this or want you to stop doing this. I don't want you to call me at 4 a.m. anymore. You know, I'm setting a boundary. But here's the thing. That's not boundaries. That's control. You can't force people into what you want them to do or not do. And here's the thing, frankly, You can ask your friend not to call you at 4 a.m. That doesn't mean they're not going to call you at 4 a.m. 
So the boundary isn't actually what you tell people to do. The boundary is how you're going to respond to what people do. So a boundary isn't about what you're telling them to do. It's about what you're going to do. And I think that's the difference. And one of the things we get totally wrong when it comes to setting boundaries. So for example, it isn't, hey, I don't want you to call me at 4am anymore. Not that you can't share your needs and your emotions and your desires, but the actual boundary is what are you going to do as a response? And the response is you're going to have your phone off. You're not going to pick up. You're going to put your phone on do not disturb and you're not going to respond to them at that time of day. So the boundary, again, it's not about what you tell people to do or not do. It's about what you're going to do in response, how you're going to live your life in response, how you're going to react and interact with people because the only thing you can control is yourself. Where do we see boundaries and how do we see them being used in Jesus's life or just in the Bible in general? If I could choose a theme verse for boundaries, it would be the verse that says, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Out of it flows all of your life. And what's interesting about that passage is we're not asked to guard the hearts of everybody around us. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that and we shouldn't help and protect one another. But what I am saying is it says guard your own heart. The responsibility to protect and value falls on you and not setting boundaries. You're violating yourself. And there's deeper reasons here, Emily, like there are deeper reasons here. And, you know, if I'm going to put my counselor hat on right now, oftentimes the reasons we're not setting boundaries are because of false core beliefs about who we are and what we deserve or don't deserve. Sometimes we come from an unhealthy family of origin where we were asked to do more than we should have. We were put in a role to fix everybody around us. We were so immersed in chaos that we had to neglect and ignore our own needs. So we kind of live life that way later on as an adult, even after you come to Jesus, that baggage just doesn't disappear. You've got to deal with it. But there's reasons why people struggle to set boundaries and often it's rooted in an unhealthy or unhelpful belief system that they've been living out even since childhood or some of those early developmental years. So it's not just about setting a boundary. It's also about getting to the root of why we don't set boundaries, figuring out like what's going on underneath the surface that prevents me from protecting myself, that prevents me from guarding my heart. Jesus was the best example of setting boundaries. He protected what God has, had given him. He knew he was a human being. He understood the limited capacity of his body and he protected it. He protected his time with the Father. He was like, hey guys, I gotta go. <laughs> like, sure, there's more to be done, but I have to go fuel up. I've gotta go withdraw. The Bible says he withdrew. He often withdrew to lonely places. He took care of himself. He took naps, you know? He, he stopped to eat and drink. He set boundaries around his life so that he could function in the most effective way. He often said no to healing or no to this town or that town when it wasn't the right time because he knew the value of guarding 
what God had given him of protecting his calling. And I think sometimes when we see everything and everyone as essential, we start to water down the calling that God has put on our life and the relationships that he's called us to invest in. Um, so we've got to start weeding out the clutter, the emotional clutter, and, and just focusing in. And, and to me, that's what a boundary is. It is helping me fulfill God's calling and love the people that he's called me to in the most effective way. It's 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 simply said that boundaries are protective. They help us protect ourselves and the people we love. Sometimes it's hard to identify when we need boundaries in our life. So are, do you have any tips for maybe how can we identify areas that we might need to reassess and set up some boundaries? You know, our emotions are the greatest indicator of the boundaries that we need to set. And oftentimes we're not that in tune to our emotions because I think Christians especially like to tone down our emotions. They're like, you know, feelings are not faith and I choose faith over feelings, but that doesn't mean we disregard our feelings, right? Our feelings aren't always accurate, but they are revealing. Our feelings are a signal. They are revealing to us, hey, you need to stop and pay attention. You know, the feeling of frustration, the feeling of irritability, the feelings of resentment or depression or anxiety, they're not bad feelings. What they are is your body signaling to you, hey, there's something going on here that you need to pay attention to. And more than likely, it has to do with setting a boundary with somebody, with something in your workplace, in your life, in your home, with your children, with your partner, with your spouse, with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend, with your mom, with your dad, because those feelings are a signal to us that we've got to pay attention. And sometimes that signal means we've got some more healing work to do underneath the surface. Um, other times it's a signal that we've got to, you know, protect ourselves externally. Uh, sometimes, like I said, it, it's a signal that we need to do the work internally. So whether it's internal work or external work, the key is to be in tune to the signal. I often tell people in my counseling office that when you feel frustrated, there's a good chance that you should have set a boundary sooner than you did. You're probably feeling frustrated because you just keep letting things happen and happen without setting a boundary. So even frustration, resentment, all of those things are really important for us to tune into what we're feeling because our body is is so good and so wise and God made our body to, to clue us in to what we need and what's going on inside of us as well as what's going on around us. So tune in and have insight to what's going on inside of you. That was Deb Falada. Make sure to check out her latest book. It's called Reset. Stay tuned up next. It's the hottest game on earth. Keep on running questions and you're okay with that. I want to know you better. You meet me where I'm at. You're always looking for me. I try to do the same. You still love me for me. Said that we'll never change. I started dancing with a 
when the pressure started shifting my weight The ceiling down, I'm standing under, see it's starting to break Now that the light is getting bright, I feel the sun on my face There go my smile, getting wide, I'm picking up with the pace Hey, when God's speaking, God answer, know why I'm breathing Got strength, so know why I'm singing, let's talk about it Hey, when God's speaking, God answer, know why I'm breathing Got strength, so know why I'm singing, let's talk about it You're listening to Sansone. The song is Conversations. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st. And this season has everything. Clashing kingdoms, rival rulers. And when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus's growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable. Choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus' message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. Okay, it's time for the hottest game on earth. This is a multiple choice quiz game that will be played between Derek and Jesse because Emily wrote it. You can keep score. And it has a variety of questions about heat. Mm. We're going to judge your expertise on all things hot. Okay. Perfect. Hottest week, couple of weeks in world history, recorded history. So we figured we would just latch on to the theme. Here we go. All right, Jesse, you're up first. Uh, this is a literal heat question. Uh, which country okay. holds the record for the highest temperature ever recorded on Earth? Is it the U.S., Australia, Libya, or Iran? I believe it's Death Valley, California in the United States. You are correct. The U.S. is the country. There you go. All right, Derek, which country experiences an annual event called Black Saturday? And I didn't give you this question because it's called Black Saturday. Um, I was like, dang, bro. All right, we just go hit it right on the nose. Black Saturday, which refers refers to extremely high temperatures, often reaching over 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Which country? Is it India, China, Iraq, or Australia? Which one has Black Saturday every year? That sounds like something from Australia, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. It is. Good job. It's yeah. Australia. There you go. Yeah. All right. Ty, what's the score? One one. one to one. Win one. Here we go. Uh, Jesse, you're up. The 1995 film Heat features an intense and memorable face-to-face conversation scene between Robert De Niro and Al Pacino in a restaurant. What is the yes. name of the restaurant where the scene takes place? Is it Vesuvio, Spago, Michael's or Musso and Frank Grill? I want to say it's Michael's. Correct. You know your heat. Mm. There you go. Oh, yeah. one of the one of the all time classics of the genre. Yeah, <laughs> of the heist movie genre. Maybe the greatest heist movie ever. Anyway, I thought you were saying the hot movie genre, but heist movie. Okay, got both. It. All right, Derek. <laughs> Paris Hilton. I know you're a big fan. Bro, I don't know about no Paris Hilton. Known for her famous catchphrase, "That's hot." appeared on the reality TV show A Simple Life alongside which other famous socialite? Kim Kardashian, Nicole Richie, Lindsay Lohan, or Nikki Hilton? This is early 2000s. Who you saying, bro? Lindsay Lohan, bro. Nope, Nicole Richie was her co-star right. on A Simple Life. I don't even know who that is. Keep Nicole Richie is Lionel Richie's Lionel daughter. Lionel Richie's daughter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. For sure. 
Anyway. All right, Jesse, you're up. Uh, which city experiences an annual weather event called White Nights? Now, I'm not asking you because you're white. White Nights, where the <laughs> hey, sun... <bro. laughs> it's just... about to get this mug canceled, bro. <laughs> it just happened to be this way. I did not plan this. I did not plan this. It happened to be this way. Who you reading them? <laughs> where the sun does not set for several weeks, leading to extended daylight and warmer temperatures. Is it which city? Is it St. Petersburg, Russia? Stockholm, Sweden, Oslo, Norway, or Anchorage, Alaska? Oslo. It's St. Petersburg, Russia. Formerly known as Leningrad. I have been there. Look at that. It's Yeah, Cameron. Yeah, Derek's right. It's it's pronounced Lemongrass, and it's not the former name of Lemongrass, not Leningrad. All right. You put it in smoothies. Anyway. Uh, What's the score, Emily? Derek has to finish the round. Uh, the score is Jesse two, Derek one. Okay, okay, okay. Right, so Derek, you can tie right here. Uh, which sure. which season did the Miami Heat win their first NBA championship? Was it oh four oh five, oh five oh six, oh six seven, or ten eleven? Gosh, bro, I know this, but I don't know it. Golly, say it again. Which one? Was it oh four oh five, oh five oh six, six seven, or ten eleven? And remember, this is when Shaq joined D- or, or young J- Dwayne Wade. Oh, whoa. Yeah. We're giving hints out here. It's, 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 no, I know when it was. So, so. If he gets it wrong, it, I want to guess. It's the, uh, it's, it's 06, 07. It's not. It's not. What is it? Jesse, what do you it's think? It's 0506. That's right. It's 0506. Yes. Uh, I know. The reason I know this is because, because I remember the Pistons, we won in 04. Then they came behind. All right, whatever. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was, uh, I remember because it was the first year I was working at Relevant because I stayed yep. up late to watch yep. it, uh, the, I, the, the, the final the game, uh, the final. So does Jesse I, get that I, point I since he got it late? What are you talking no, about? No, NBA games are 8 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. I mean, I meant like all the after it? shows. Uh, I, all the after like celebrations and interviews. Gotcha. <sighs> I, I feel bad about that one. That was a <laughs> gimme. You gave me a gimme. All right, Jesse, you're up 2-1. Here we go. What is the ideal internal temperature for a medium rare steak? This is a heat question. Mm. Is it 120, 130, 140, or 150? Ideal internal temperature for a medium rare steak. 150. 130. 130. You're overcooking your steaks, man. All right. Apparently Mm -hmm. so. All right, Derek, you can tie right here. Here it is. According to Let's People go. Magazine, I know you have a 20-year subscription going. According to People For Magazine, sure, yeah. who is the current hottest man alive? Is it George Clooney, Me. Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling, or Chris Evans? Current hottest man alive. Sadly, I, I'm very confident I know this. We're going to go Ryan Gosling. Chris Evans is the current hottest Chris man alive. Was Reynolds. Okay. Current right. husband alive, according to People Magazine. All right. We are still 2-1, mm-hmm. right? Am I correct? Okay. Yeah. Jesse, you're up. Mm-hmm. What is the average ideal home temperature for summer, according to experts? 72, 74, 76, or 78 degrees? Ideal average. Two. It's got to be two. 72. According to experts, it's 78 degrees. And I don't know who these sweaty people I don't are. Know where they live at. I looked at multiple <laughs> websites. That was like the common. Like multiple mm-hmm. experts say it's seven. I mean, for energy efficiency, I understand, mm-hmm. but not for comfort. Come on, not now. for yeah. comfort. Yeah, definitely, especially not for you, Cameron. No, stay in Cameron's house is an igloo. It's I know seventy two. It's actually fifty eight degrees. Right. 
I keep my house between 70 and 72. Thank you very much. That's cap. That's cap. And then you have like a bunch of fans on. That is cap. It's not. That it's is, 70 to 72. Is, but I went, over to, I went over to a friend's house on July 4th. You need a they, bubble jacket to walk in your house. <laughs> they had, my friend had their house at 67 degrees during the day. I was like, I'm cold. This is crazy. Man. Anyway. Oh, wow. Yeah. They are very white. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, here we go. Wait, you just did the... Uh, Derek. Derek, yeah, you trying to go. skip me? This ain't Uno, bro. Finish Come the on. lyrics to the song Heat Waves by Surfaces. It's an indie big it's hit. It's never going to be finished. Years ago. Go ahead. Heat the Waves. C. Heat, <laughs> heat Waves been faking me out. Blank. Is it I'll find a different route? Is it can't make you happier now? Is it why can't you cool it down? Or is it all that's left to do it shout? All that's left to do it shout. It's B. Yeah, it is. Can't make you happier. Yeah, now. yeah I, you got song, right. I like that song. That song is fire. Hey, you just you just tied the game. Tied the game. That's good. All right. Hey, here we go. Uh, two more rounds. Uh, Jesse, you're up. What is the hottest planet in our solar system? Mercury, Venus, Mars, or Jupiter? Mercury. It's Venus, according to Emily's Whoa. research. It's a gas planet, so it holds in the heat more. Uh, technic- technicality. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I guess so, but. I thought we were counting gas. My <laughs> gas. My pla- in my in my opinion, a gas planet doesn't count as a planet. That's a ball of gas. Okay, this is a big ball Planets of gas. Have- I agree with it's, you. Yeah, it's a exactly. star. It's not a planet. Yeah. Yeah. Gas All ball. right, Derek. Here we, we go. Hottest gas ball. Time to win. Let's go, uh, Derek. Uh, what is the melting point of gold? I'm going to mm. give you four different degrees. Melting point of gold: one thousand seven hundred eighty-six. 1,821, 1,948, or 2,011? 76. That wasn't an option. 1786, you mean? The first one, A. Okay, yeah, that's incorrect. 1,948, C was the correct answer. For sure. I should have said C. All right, so now we're still tied. We tied up. Last round, here it is. This is for the win. Here we go. Which fellow, Jesse, which fellow Disney Channel star was featured in the Jonas Brothers Music video for Burning Up, which fellow oh, Disney Channel star? Shut up. Burning Up. Miley Cyrus, Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, or Taylor Swift? It's got to be Selena. It is. Yes. Selena. All right, Derek, you can tie it. So you proud. have a tiebreaker. All Thank right, you. here Thank it is. You, Emily. <laughs> okay, this is another basketball one, Miami Heat specifically. Who is the all time leading scorer in Miami Heat franchise history? LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Alonzo Mourning, or Chris Bosch? Dwayne Wade. Absolutely. By a mile. Yeah. We are tied. All right, we See, I didn't know if that breaker. was going to be a hard basketball question. I should not have done the sports I question. Like, yeah, we literally just discussed almost, that before yeah, recording. I almost sat back and said, I said, man, it, is it like a trick question yeah, or something? Like, no, no. Yeah, it's, yeah. Emily doesn't know what a hard sports question is. I was like, is Cameron trying to get, Cameron trying to get over on me or we'll something? Swear. Yeah, yeah. Hey, okay. Cameron, do you know who the Nationals all-time hit leader is? Uh, Ryan Zimmerman. I just guy. Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, here we go. Key question. This is basically a tiebreaker. You guys are all tied. Here we go. Uh, wh- sudden death, I guess. What is the hottest temperature ever recorded in Antarctica? Hottest temperature ever recorded in Antarctica? Negative mm. 31 Fahrenheit, 0. 0.5 degrees Fahrenheit, 9.9 degrees Fahrenheit, or 48.6? 0. 0.9. No, 48.6. Antarctica. Re- here we go. Uh, Derek, you can win it right here. 
and you get a basketball one. Win it. In the 1992-1993 season, the Phoenix Suns set a franchise record for the most wins in a single season. How many wins mm. did they achieve? 58, 60, 62, or 65? I'm going 62. That's correct. Derek wins the game. Well done. Well done. To me, nice. Nice. I was a little nervous for you in the beginning there, Derek. You, but you really pulled through. We started off rough. Yeah, he's a third and fourth quarter guy. He's third and fourth quarter. He's gonna feel it out in the first half. You can take the heat. That's what we think. And then take advantage of the second half. Yeah. What makes a champion is the ability to to deal with adversity. Close it out. Ability to keep your mind together. That's right. Close it out. That's what makes a champion. That's absolutely right. Congratulations. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Deb Faleda for joining us once again. Man, you you could go over to relevantmagazine.com and just type in her name and some of our most popular articles of the last 10 years pop up. She's been uh, a valuable resource to the platform. Make sure to check out her latest book. It's called Reset. Also, a couple updates. Make sure to check out the summer issue of Relevant. It's out now. Uh, features an amazing cover story with Lauren Daigle. We've got Arizona, Judah and Chelsea Smith, Christine Kane, uh, Drew Holcomb. It's packed. Go check it out. You can read it for free at relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab. And if you want to experience the beautifully designed enhanced edition, you can sign up for Relevant Plus. It's included with your Relevant Plus membership. Uh, with Relevant Plus, you also get ad-free, unlimited reading at our website. You get an ad-free version of this podcast, an exclusive subscriber podcast, and more. Go find out all the info by clicking the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Also, if you like the music you hear on the show, uh, we actually get an email about this at least twice a week. Hey, do you guys have a playlist of all the music from the podcast? I guess I don't promote it enough. Yes, we do. It's over on Spotify. It's called Heard on the Relevant Podcast. Go check it out. We also have a hip hop, worship, and indie playlist as well. We update every week. Um, And stay in touch. Follow us. Uh, make sure to check out relevantmagazine.com. Make it part of your regular web browsing. But if you want to just get the best of the best sent to you, our top five trending stories can be sent to your inbox every weekday morning. Just sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at the site. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. I'm Derek Miner. We'll see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com I think it's slipped into pure delusion. Relevant Podcast Network. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20.